To begin the Gemara today on Daf Pei Hei Yomad Aleph, about 10 lines from the top of the Yomad, where it says, Avimi. The Gemara here is continuing a discussion that started by the Mishnah before, that said a halacha. There's actually a machlekes there between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Tafin regarding a Balchayv. Someone is owed money. Is he allowed to go and grab from the properties of the Leiva, the person that owes him money? So Abtarfan says, if, even if it's after the person uh, passed away, and now the Yerushim inherited all this estate, he can come and grab, and if he grabs, he can keep it. Rabbi Kiva says, no, you can't grab anything after he passed away. And the Gemara explained, even Rabbi Kiva would agree that if they did manage to grab, if the Balei Choyv managed to grab when he was still alive, then they can keep what they grabbed. Okay, so and the Gemara concluded that we paskin like Rabbi Kiva, Tafsam If you grab when the person was still alive, then the Balchayv could keep this. That's uh, how this whole subject comes over here into this Gemara. So the Gemara brings a few different stories here. Avimi berei de Rabbavahu. Avimi, which was the son of Rabbavahu, have a maskebe zuzi be chuzai. So the people of Chuzai, so they were collecting or they wanted to collect money from him. He owed them money. So he sent the payment in the hands of Choma, the son of Rabbi Baravo, to pay them. So he went to fulfill his shlichus and he paid them. So so then he says to his uh, to the people of Chuzoi whom he paid, So now give me back the star, the document of the loan, so that you don't collect a second time. So they said to him, This star that we have is from a different chayv. The money that you paid was for one chayv that he owed us, and now the star that we have that says that he still owes us money is from a different chayv. So we're not giving you back the star, we're going to actually collect money a second time. Okay, so now he's in a big problem. He, he, he was on a shlichus to pay the loan, and he has to bring back a star to prove that he paid the loan and it shouldn't be collected a second time and they don't want to give it back to him. So what did he do? He went to his father. So, awesome. He went to his father, Rabbavo, to ask him what to do about this. So his father, Rabbavo, tells him, or asks him rather, Do you have Adim that you actually pay them the loan? So he says to his father, I paid the loan without Adam. I wasn't expecting there to be any problems. So his father tells him, if so, you have a major problem here. Because, this is a migu, since the people that you paid, the people of Chazoi that you paid them, they could say, that you never paid us at all, because you have no Adam for this. They're also believed to say, that there's another loan here, and what you paid is not this. This is a new loan that we're keeping the star for. Okay, so this is what's, again, what's always known as amigo. Whenever you could say a better claim in, the, in a Bezdin, even if you did not, when you say a weaker claim that you would not be believed with, but because you could have said a better claim, that shows that you're being honest. It's, it, that's a, it's a sign of trustworthiness. So therefore, they're believed to say that this, this Taka second loan here, so they don't have to give you back the star. Now, the question is regarding this shliach, this, uh, Avimi. He was doing a shlichus here. So, uh, again, not a, Avimi wasn't the one doing the shlichus. Avimi sent Choma, the son of Rabbi Baravo. So now, he, he was sent on a shlichus, and he didn't fulfill the shlichus properly. He's gonna, so the question is, now, he sort of caused a loss to the Meshaleach, to Avimi. 
that he's going to have to pay a second time. So the Indian Shlumi Shliach Mai. Regarding the question, will this Shliach have to pay the Mishaleach uh, Avimi for what he did, that he did not bring back the Shtar? So this is an interesting question. I mean, the Mepharshim, the, the Paiskim discussed this. I mean, if we trust this uh, Malved, Bechuzoi, to say that they actually are owed money a second time, so in essence, the Shliach did not cause any loss to his Mishaleach, because that's the truth. He actually owes his money a second time. So why is the even asking a very question? Why should he have to reimburse his uh, Mishaleach, Avimi, for this loss? It's not a loss. So there's different answers for this. One of the answers that's given for this is that from this Gemara you see an interesting, interesting thing. That even if the creditors that are, were collecting the money, they are believed with Amigu to say that they're owed a second time, but the belief, the trustworthiness of Amigu is only for them. The Kayach of Amigu only works for the person that could have said a better Taina. For the Shliach though, he doesn't have any Migu in this. For him, the Migu doesn't work. And therefore for him, the question is going to be, he caused a loss to Avimi which sent him, is he going to have to pay back? So the Gemara says it depends. When he was appointed as a Shliach, what did Avimi tell him? Omer Avashi Chazina. We see, we have to look and see what he told him. If he told him, when you pay, the first thing is, get back that Shtar. And then Vahav Zuzi. And then pay. So Mishalem. So because you didn't do that, you paid first. And then when you asked the Shtar, they didn't want to give you the Shtar, so you caused the loss. You're going to have to pay for this. But if the Mishaleach was not Makpit, he wasn't particular about this, and he said, have Zuzi pay first, and then the and then you'll get back the Shtar, then Mishalem. Then he doesn't have to pay, because he fulfilled the Shlichus the way he was told to do it. But the Gemara says about this, this we don't follow this distinction. Benkach or Benkach, either way, Mishalem. The Shliach is going to have to pay for this loss that he caused the Mishaleach by not getting back the Shtar. Because the Mishaleach could say to him, I sent you to do it in a way, in a proper way, that it should be for my benefit, and not in a way that it should be a loss for me. So even if you told him in the opposite expression, first you can pay and then give the star, but you only send a person on a shlichus. It's obvious that you want him to fulfill the shlichus in a way that it should be for his benefit. So this is part of your shlichus, to be careful, to do it in the right way. And if you did not, it's going to be your responsibility to re- reimburse me for this loss. There was a woman This woman had a bundle of shtaris that was a bakatan that she was uh, watching for somebody. What happened? This person that she's watching these shtaris for passed away. And now also Yarshim, so the inheritors came to her, Katavi Lemino. They demanded, give us back all these shtaris. These are shtaris that had in it loans, different loans that were owed to their father. They wanted to get back these documents to be able to collect these loans. So now this woman came and said that she also is owed money by this person. So therefore she doesn't want to give back these documents. She wants to keep these documents for herself and collect the money for herself. And she claimed as follows, When your father was still alive, I grabbed these stories for myself and as I mentioned before, according to Rabbi, even according to Rabbi Kiva, if the, the father, person that, that uh, owed her money was still alive, at that point she can grab it for herself. So she said, yeah, I grabbed it for myself when he was still alive. So they came in front of Rav Nachman to ask Rav Nachman, what do we do about this? So Rav Nachman says to this woman, Do you have Edim the Tavua Mineich? Do you have Edim that they were trying to collect from you these shtaris, this bundle of shtaris that you have in your possession 
that they tried to collect it from you and you did not want to give it. So she said to him, I don't have such aid. They never, I don't, I can't prove that they tried to collect it from you when the father was still alive. So he answered, Rav Nachman said, if so, have You can't come and say that you grabbed hold of these daughters for yourself while the father was still alive. You were keeping it in your possession as a pekodin, as a deposit to, to guard for the owner. But it, it's, in, it's his. And when a shamer is guarding something for the owner, it's like in his possession, not in your possession. You're guarding it for him. And the fact that you're grabbing it, hold of it today and you want to keep it now, so that's too late. You're grabbing it now after he passed away, after the creditor passes away, or not the creditor, the, the, the borrower that is, passes away and you grab something from him at this point, it's too late. Another story I eat, uh, there was a woman, the Chayiv Shvua Bedine, the Rava, that was Chayiv to, to swear about something, someone uh, demanded money from her, and she denied that she owed this money, and she had to swear that she doesn't owe the money. So she was Chayiv to make the Shvua in the Bezden of Rava. Amrale Bas Rav the daughter of Rav Chiste, which is the wife of Rava, said to Rava, so she's giving her husband advice in a, in a dentator what to do. So she says to him, Yedayne Ba'a, I know about this woman, the Chashuda Shvua, that she, she could be suspected of swearing falsely. You can't trust her Shvua. Now, in such a case, what's the halacha if there's one baldin that is suspected of swearing falsely? We don't allow him to swear. Instead, what we do is, the other baldin that's, the, that's arguing will make a Shvua against you. And so over here, instead of this woman making a Shvua to patter herself of paying, so what we do is we turn over, we give the Shvua to the other person to swear that you do owe me the money and they'll be able to collect. So that's what Rava did. So Rava turned over the Shvua to the other one against her to swear that they owe the money and collect the money from her. So over here, there's a big Chiddush in this Gemara. Rava is trusting his wife, Basra Chisteh, to come and change the halacha and this dintaira here. It's just, first of all, it's his wife. Second of all, it's Eid Echad, or it's not even an Eid. It's like, so how, how is he trusting his wife for this? So we'll see soon in the Gemara. This is a very big Chiddush. The Gemara brings now what happened is, Zimnin, so there was once that happened, Hava Yasva Kameh, Rav Papa and Rav Adabar Masna. Rav Papa and Rav Adabar Masna were sitting in front of Rav at a time of a dintaira. I see Ahush Daragabe, there was a star that was brought in front of Rav. So Amalei Rav Papa, Rav Papa says to Rav, I know for a fact that this star has already been paid up, so don't collect with the star. So Rav says to Rav Papa, Do you have a second person together with you to testify about this? In other words, what Rav is saying to Rav Papa is, you're only an Eid Echad. And the rule is, regarding an Eid Echad, you cannot pass in a din regarding Dine Mominus, regarding an Eid Echad. So, I can't trust you. Amalei, so Rav Papa says to Rav, Afagav, so again, Amalei, so he says to him, Loit, no, I don't have a second aid with me. So Amalei, so Rav says to him, Afagav, Dekemar, even though I have your opinion about this, you're telling me that you know that the star was paid up, but Eidechot Lav Klum, since you're one aid, I can't trust you over here. Amalei Rav Adabamasne, so Rav Adabamasne says to Rav, V'lo yehei Rav Pope kebas Rav Chiste, shouldn't Rav Pope's words be at least as good as your wife, as, Rav, as the daughter of Rav Chiste? So Rav says, no, actually not. Bas Rav Chiste, Kimli Begavo. The daughter of Rav Chiste, my wife, I'm 100% sure, I know her, and therefore I can trust her even as one aid 
to uh, switch over the shvuah from the woman that was chayev to the other person. But Mar, when it comes to Rav Papa, I don't know you 100% that what you're saying is true, so I can't trust you as an Eidechad in this Dintayra. So, let me just finish off this Indian and I'll explain what this means. Amr Rav Papa, so Rav Papa said, based on this, Hashte, the Amr Mar, now that Rav, the master, said about this, Kimli Begavei Milsehi, when you know somebody 100% that he's saying the truth, and we can rely on that, even though usually we do not rely on an Eidechad, but over here, if I know 100% I could rely on this, so Kagain Abamari Biri. So Rafapa says, so for example, my son Abamari, the Kimli Bigave, that I know a hundred percent about him, that what he says is true, Pume. So then could I rely on his words and tear a star if he tells me that this star is already paid up or it's not a good star? So he's asking, could I could I do this? So the Gemara says, Karana Do you think that you go so far that you can actually tear the star? Can you take a star that a person has in his hands and take it away from him and tear it? And, and he should be able to take the money out from somebody. Uh, sorry, so you're basically taking away money from him. He has a star in his hands. So now it doesn't go to such an extent to tear the star. El of the Gemara says, Marana shtara pume. You can use the words of an Eidechad or over here, even your very own son, if you 100% trust him, to stop collection with the star. You're not going to tear the star, but you're not going to allow the collection with the star. And there's a difference when you tear a star, there's never an opportunity in the future to ever use the star to collect with it. It's torn. But if you just stop the collection with it, so maybe sometime in the future, in another situation, with another Bezdin, maybe you will be able to collect with it. This Gemara is a very big Chiddush, this concept of Kimli Begavei. What does this really mean, Kimli Begavei? This is a famous Indian that's actually brought, brought in the Chuvas of Rab Moshe Feinstein many times. In Igris Moshe, he, based on this Gemara, he says, you see here this concept of Kimli Begavei, if you know that you can trust a person 100%, you know. So then, he uses this in different situations of Mashgichim for Kashras, that there's a person that you can trust 100% and you can rely on one person in all kinds of situations. And the way he explains this Gemara is, Kimli Begavei means, it has to be, it doesn't mean that you know that he's a tzaddik, you know that he won't lie, that's not good enough. The Haraya. Rav knew that Rav Papa was a great tzaddik, Rav Papa would not lie. But nevertheless, he says, I don't know you. What does that mean? Kimli Begavei means, it has to be somebody that you actually tested him, you're living with him, and you see, you, you tested him a few times, and you see that the things that you tested him with, you can trust him. So Rav, with his wife, Rav Chiste, Bas Rav Chiste, he was living with her and he tested her more than once, so that's Kimli Begava. Rav Papa, he knew he was a great tzaddik. Even if it would be Moshe Rabbeinu, you know he's the greatest tzaddik. But it doesn't matter. If you didn't actually test the person, so then you can't trust him. This is this Chiddush of Kimli Begava. Zakta Gemara Vaita, another story, Ahi Itze, there was a woman, the Chai Veshvuah, Beidine, the Rav Bebe Barabaya. She was obligated to swear about a money matter, and it was in the Bezdin of Rav Bebe Barabaya. Amaluhu, so the other Baldin said to, to them, Amaluhu Ahu Baldin, so the other Baldin came and said to Rabbi Barabaya, Taisi Vitishtaba Bemasa, let her come and swear for me about the money that she owes me in, in the city. In other words, in a more public place, in a place where Efshir, the Mikhsafe, Umaidia, maybe over there, she'll be more embarrassed to swear about this, and she'll be made that she owes me the money. So this woman came and said, No problem, I'll come and swear for you. But write for me a document of merit. Write for me a document that when I swear, they'll give me the money. In other words, she wanted to have a document in advance. She's going to come to a different Bezdin. And there, she's going to have to go through the whole Dintaira again. 
and maybe over there she'll lose. Over here, basically, she won the dintaita, and the dintaita was, okay, you're right, but you're going to have to swear to prove your claim, and then that's it, you'll be potter. So she says, write for me a document. If I have to go to another basin, write for me a document that's going to say in it that you're, you're zakai, and that you swore, and therefore you can keep your money. So Amalur Rabbevi Barabayas, Rabbevi Barabayas says, kiss for love, no problem, we can write for her this document. Amalur Papi, Rav Papi says, yeah, he didn't uh, agree with this Psaktin, and he said, Mishum de Asisu Mimuloi, because you come from Mimuloi, Mimuloi is an expression that, that uh, Rabbevi Barabayas was a descendant from Eli Akayin. Eli Akayin, because his children did Avedis, so his descendants didn't live a long life. That's one pshat mimuloi. Another pshat mimuloi, Rashi says, is means a person that has blemishes. Amrisu milimulyaisa. So you're saying things that are blemished. You're saying apsakdin that's incorrect. <coughs> What's the problem? What was incorrect about this? So what Rafapi disagreed with is this star that we're going to write for this woman that she is right and that she swore and that therefore she can collect or she doesn't have to pay, that is. This document we can't write for her. Because Haomar said, Hi, Ashrase the Daine, this Ashrase, which is a confirmation that you're validating a star. So Bezan, after they hear the validation of the signatures, they write that we know that these signatures are valid. If Bezan's going to write this up, even before the testimony regarding the authenticity of the signatures was said, so if you write it up in advance, Psula, it's going to be possible. Even though afterwards Adam are going to come and will validate these signatures because, but because it was written up before, so therefore it looks like it's false because it was written before the testimony about these signatures is said, so it's possible. <coughs> so Alma, so we see from this, we're afraid of using a, such a kind of a validation that Bezden writes if it looks like it's a lie because you're writing it up ahead of it, it in advance before we actually verify these signatures. So, so here as well, how could you write for this woman in advance a document that says that she's right and that she swears and she will get? Or maybe even the Gemara means to say that we write for her that she already swore and therefore when she's going to come to the Bezna and actually swear, the Bezna over there will give it to her, but it looks like it's false. Even though she's going to actually go ahead and swear and then it's going to be after the fact, but we're writing it in advance. How could we write this for her? But the Gemara now says regarding this, Velesa. This problem Rav Papi had there is not true. Mid Rav Nachman, based on what Rav Nachman said, Amar Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman said, Rav Meir. Rav Meir would say, I feel a Even if you find in this over there, Rav Meir speaking about the halacha of a get, which is written for a woman. So even if the husband took a get that he found in the garbage. So obviously, this get was not written for him. So it was not, but one of the basic halachas of a get is that it has to be written l'shma. But Rav Meir's chiddush is, the halacha of l'shma is not regarding the writing of the get. It's only regarding the signatures of the get. So therefore, Rav Meir says, you find the get in the garbage. And then, his luck, the get has the same names as himself and his wife. And and then he brought the signatures, the people to sign it. So now they signed it l'shma, and he gave it to his wife, kosher. It's kosher. And then he adds, Even the Rabbana that say that this can't be done, They only argue regarding a get that's written for a woman, because Rabbana's opinion is that the writing has to be lishma, And he took it out of the garbage. It was written before, not for him. But when it comes to any other documents, money documents, a loan, and so on, 
they would agree that you can take a document that was written, and it's, it's in the garbage, and it was written for something else, and then you can use it now for yourself. So we see from here that even a document, that it looks like it's a false document, because it was never written for you. But nevertheless, you could use it, and we're not afraid of the fact that it looks false. As long as now it's being used for a loan, and it's true, so you can use it. So same thing over here, we can write for her a document that she made a shvua and that she's trusted. It, it doesn't matter that it looks false. We see this also from what Rav Asi said in the name of Rav boy. If you had a star that you used for a loan, and you paid up, you paid up the loan. So the same person should not use that same star, even if it's on the same day, and you can use the same date and the same details. So if you reborrow the money again on that day, you can't use it a second time. Because this loan, once you paid up the loan, so the star is bottled, and now the second loan is not going to be considered to, to be anymore a milva bishtar. It's going to be a milva alpet. You, you won't be able to collect with the, the regular shibud of a star. So therefore, you don't use the shtar because you won't be able to collect from Mishubadim. But not that the shtar itself can't be used at all to, to prove that you owe the money. It's just that if you want to use it as a milva bishtar to collect even from properties that were sold, you can't use it again. So now, what do we see from what Rabbi Yechenin said? Time the nimchal shibudai. The reason is once you paid up the loan of this document, so now the you will the shibud. The actual shibud of the properties is what you are forgiving. But the fact that you're using the same document and this document was written for a previous loan and you're using it for a second loan and it looks like a falsehood that we're not concerned about. Another story the Gemara brings: Ahu Gavre was an individual. The Afkit Shev Maginted the Tzari Besadine Beir of Miyasha Bar Bereid Grab Yeshua Ben Levi. So this person he gave a pakodin of seven precious gems that were wrapped up in a sheet. Who did he give it to? Rav Miyasha, the grandson of Rabbi Shua ben Levi. Shach of Rav Miyasha, Rav Miyasha passed away, and he didn't get a chance to tell his children or the people in his house that this precious gems here do not belong to me. It belongs to someone else. I'm holding it for someone else. Also, they came to Rav Ami to ask about this. So the, the, the people that these gems were, precious gems were, owned by them, wanted to collect this, but they had no proof. And, and the inheritor said, maybe it's ours. Said, we have no idea. So they came to Ravami. So Amalei Ravami said as follows, Chodda number one, I know for a fact that this Rav Miyasha was not this rich. This can't be his precious gems. And this, the second point is, Besides this, these people collect, trying to collect this gave good signs that it's theirs. So therefore, we could trust them. So Taisus of your points out, there's a big arichas here in Taisus, that you have to have both of these proofs. First of all, you have to have the proof that the person holding on to this, we know that he wasn't rich, so it can't be his. And one of the Pshatan of Taisus, he explains that this proves that it's not, it wasn't the Rav Miyash, it didn't belong to him. And also, maybe it belonged to someone else. So then they need to have Simonim to prove that it's theirs, and it doesn't belong to someone else. Again? Maybe I knew we know that this is the Gemara says we know for a fact that he wasn't rich. Never Yerusha, we huh? No, no. So we, we know this goof is what they know that he wasn't didn't have a Yerusha, wasn't rich. But the Gemara adds there is a, another condition to this. This is a Psaktin is only said Elo Dulirogel the Alvanofik Lahasam that these people that came and wanted to collect these precious gems they're not accustomed to coming in and out of Rabbi Yasha's house. 
If we know that they dresach in this place, they come in and out from the house here, maybe somebody else gave the pakotan of these precious gems in the and he, this person, saw it, and therefore he's able to give a simon and claim it for himself. The Gemara here is going to bring another two stories that are identical to the story. Ahogabra, there was a person, the Afkit Kosse, the Kasper Bey Chasa. He gave a silver becher, silver cup, to Chasa, to keep for him, the whole time, for him. Shachiv Chasa, again, the same thing happens. Chasa passes away, Vulay Pocket, and he didn't get a chance to tell his children that it doesn't belong to him. Also, the Kameh, Rav Nachman, they came to Rav Nachman, Omalur, Rav Nachman said, the two points. Number one, I know Chasa was not this rich. It can't be his. And another thing, they gave signs that it's their Becher. But again, the Gemara says, It's only if this person did not walk in and out of this house and he didn't see it. But if we know that he comes in and out and he saw it, maybe someone else gave this Pekadon and he saw it and therefore he's claiming it for himself. Third story, the same story. Person gave a expensive garment, a silk garment, to Ravdimi, the brother of Rav Safra. And Shachar Ravdimi, Ravdimi passed away in the pocket, and he didn't get a chance to tell his children that this doesn't belong to him. So the people that wanted to collect their garment came to Rabbi Amalohu, he said to them as follows Number one, I know for a fact that Ravdimi was not this rich. And he gave signs that it says, So this is only true if this person didn't enter in, into this house. If he's accustomed and coming in and out here, it's possible that someone else gave it and he just saw this. The Rishayin and the Rosh and the Rif say this is unusual for the Gemara to bring three stories that are mamish identical. The reason the Gemara is doing this is because there's a chiddush in the story that you can pass in a halacha without having a clear proof, just using these uh, estimations over here of, of, the, of seeing that this person wasn't rich and the simonim. And therefore, the Gemara wants to bring three stories to show that all these amiroim agreed to this and there's no argument about this psakdin. Another story the Gemara says, A person said to his children before he passed away, My possessions should go to Tovya. Now, we don't know who Tovya is. There could be more than one individual with the name of Tovya. Shachib, he passed away. Asa Tovya, an individual with the name of Tovya arrives and says that he, he meant me. Give me the money. Amrav Yechenen, Rav Yechenen said, Harei ba Tovya. No, Tovya is here, so you have to give him the money. The Chiddush of what Rav Yechenen is saying is, even if later on another individual by the name of Tovya shows up, we're not going to say, oh, maybe it's the second person. Because if the first person showed up first, that means that he took it serious. Because he really knew that it means him. Second person that comes, he, uh, he heard about this afterwards. And he says, oh, let, me, let me take advantage of this. Maybe I can get a portion of this as well. But the first person, he knew that it was really him. That's why he came first. Another thing the Gemara says, Tovya. Before a person passed away, he said, give my money to Tovya. And Vaasa Rav Tovya. Then an individual, a very prominent person, which is not known as Tovya, but he's known as Rav Tovya, comes. So we, we can't give him the money. Because Latovya Omar, he said he's giving the money to Tovya. Rav Tovya Loyama. He did not say Rav Tovya. Now, if this person, Rav Tovya, is someone that the person that passed away was very comfortable with him. So he, he, he refers to him on first name basis without Rav. So he's very comfortable with him, so we'll give him the money. 
Asu Shnei Tovya. How about if two people come at the same time? Two people with the name of Tovya. Who do we give the money to? So, the halacha is as follows. Shachim v'tamad chacham. If it's a neighbor or a tamad chacham. Tamad chacham kaidim. The tamad chacham is first. We give the money to the tamad chacham. And the reason is, this is not just because of the honor of the Talmud Chacham, because he deserves the money. We have to try to figure out who this person that passed away really meant to give the money to. And Rashi says, we assume that probably a person before he passes away wants to do a mitzvah, he's matzik, is myself, so he probably wanted to give it to the Talmud Chacham. So we assume that he gave it to the Talmud Chacham. How about if it was a Karev and a Talmud Chacham? A relative with the name of Tuvia and a Talmud Chacham with this name. Talmud Chacham Kaidim, the Talmud Chacham is still first. Ibayalu, the question was asked, Shachim Vekarev, how about if it's a neighbor with this name or a relative with this name, the same name? Mai, what's the Allah then? Who comes first? Toshama, the answer was brought based on the Pasik that says in Mishlei, Toiv Shachim Kaidim, Me'ach Rachi. A good neighbor is better than a relative, a brother even, that is living far. Shneim Kaidim, how about if they're both relatives? Shneim Shchenim, they're both neighbors, and Shneim Chachamim, and they're both Tamid Chachamim. So now they're all on equal footing. Who do you give it to? Says the Gemara, Shude the Daini. What does Shude the Daini mean? Shude literally means Rashi says you throw it, the Dayanim throw it. Now there's different Pshatim of this. According to Rashi, in another place, Rashi says that the Dayanim have to use their own thinking to estimate who this person would want to give it to. But Taisus over here says, Rabbeinu Tam says, that it doesn't mean Chacham after the Dayanim have to think of who he would want to bring, give it to. Rather, the Dayanim give it who they feel is right. They just give it to whoever they want it to. Because we have no Raya, they're both the same. So there's no Raya one over the other. Amalei Rave Lebrei Derav Chiyeh Barav. Rav said to the son of Rav Chiyeh Barav, let me tell you this very good halacha, this very uh, th- good thing that I heard, the Hava Oma Avuch, that your father said. What did he say? This that Shmuel said, If you sell a document of a loan to your friend, okay, so what happens is, that you, you have a document that says in it that someone owes you $1,000. And now you sell it to somebody. Now the buyer can collect this $1,000 instead of you. But now what did the seller do? Now the seller goes and he forgives the loan. He was the one that uh, was owed the money and he forgives it. Well, he sold it, correct? He sold it. The sale takes effect. But after he sells it, now he forgives the loan. Says the Gemara Machol. He has the ability to be Machol this loan. I'll explain in a moment. Let me just finish the Indian. Not only the person himself that was owed the money could be Machol this, even if it's a Yiddish now, an inheritor, it can also be Machol. It could also be Machol this. Now, what's the reason for this? This is a very interesting thing. You sold it, so it's not yours anymore. And are you being meichel? What does this mean? So there's two pshatim that he's him. Taisus over here says that minatayre, this is not a sale, b'chlal. So because it's not a sale, minatayre, so therefore, you have, be'etzim, it's still yours, and you have the ability to be meichel. That's basically the pshat in Taisus. But other Rishayim say that, the, in the name of Rabbi Natam, that the pshat over here is that every time there's a loan, there are two kinds of shibud. When you owe money, there's a shibud that's, that's on your guf. It, first of all, you as an individual, you owe the money. So that's an obligation that lies upon you. But besides that, there's also the obligation that lies upon the properties that you own, that uh, the person has to pay the money. Right? So this, those are the two shibudim. So over here, when a person sells the, the loan, so the shibud of the, of the mamain of that, that's here, that he's allowed to collect from that person's uh, properties, that shibud you can sell. 
that's a money matter, that's a shibud that lies upon the properties, you can sell to someone else. But the shibud agof that there is between you and the other person, that's something that you can't sell, and that's something that you could be meichel even after you sold. The, the shibud of the actual money that there is on the possessions, of the, on the karka, but the shibud aguf, that's something you could be meichel afterwards. And once you remove the shibud aguf that there is between you and the other person, automatically it, it absolves the shibud on the karkais as well. That's how this works. Now, but the Gemara says, but nevertheless, Maidi Shmuel, Shmuel will agree, a wife that brought into the marriage loans, document loans that people owe her money, and she brings it to the husband, and now belongs to the husband. The Khazra but then she goes and she forgives them for those people that owe their order the money. She does not have the ability to forgive them. Because the ownership of the husband and these loans is the mamish like her hand, he it's like he becomes like a partner with her. If he's like a partner, so then she can't be Maikhalit at all. So the Gemara brings the story, Krev said that Rav Nachman, there was a relative of Rav Nachman, Zvinta Luxubasa Betavisana, she sold Aksube for Taivisana. Taivisana means she can't sell Aksube for the full price because the Aksube the, the is not necessarily something that she'll ever collect. When does she collect Aksube? If she gets divorced or if her husband passes away in her lifetime. How about if she passes away first? So then there is no Aksube Bechlal. <clears throat> so therefore, when you sell the Aksube, you sell it for a much cheaper price. Now, Igrisha, she actually got divorced and therefore, once she got divorced, she had the right to collect Aksube. And then the Shchive, but now she passed away. Now also, Katavala Lebrata. She had one daughter, and now this daughter came and was demanding from the, from the husband to collect the Ksube. Amalahu, so now, but now obviously what happened over here, the buyers of, this, of the rights to collect this Ksube came and said, don't give the Ksube to the daughter of the, of the mother. The Ksube doesn't belong to her. The Ksube was already sold to us. We have the rights to collect this ksuba. So they came to Rav Nachman. So Amalu Rav Nachman, There's nobody that can give good advice for this daughter here, how she can still go ahead and collect the ksuba, even though the mother sold the rights to collect the ksuba to someone else. So let's finish off this Indian over here. So the Gemara says, uh, so Rav Nachman himself gave advice. He says, Let the daughter, which is the Yiddish, she's inheriting her mother, let her go and be Michael this ksube that the husband owed their mother, so she can be meichel this even afterwards, even today, the gabi avua for the, for the father, for the husband, and the tersa minei, and then what happens? So the money will not be paid to the buyers, and then they will get the inheritance. Okay? The, the, when, when this uh, grandfather will pass away, they're the Yiddish, they're the only Yiddish that is here, and they'll get, they'll get all the money anyways. So this is again based on what Shmuel said before, that after after you sell a, a, a loan to someone. Over here she sold the ksube, but nevertheless, even a Yerish could come and be meichel this whole entire money of the ksube that's owed, and that's it. And then later they'll yashn it for themselves. So what happened? Shama. So she heard about this. Azla Chilta. She did exactly like Rav Nachman said, and she was meichel this ksube. So nobody can go and collect it now. Yeah, the, daughter, the daughter was meichel the ksube. So the, the ones that bought it, the, the rights to, to collect it, could not collect it. Omer Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman said about this, we had a similar thing in the Gemara before, I made myself like somebody that's coming and, and getting involved in a dintaira and giving good advice for somebody in a dintaira. You're not supposed to do that. So the Gemara says, In the beginning when he gave this advice, what was he thinking? That he did give the advice. And in the end when he regretted giving, giving this advice, what was he thinking? 
the Gemara explains Meikaris, of, uh, in the beginning he felt um, that I'm not allowed to turn away from my own flesh, from he was a relative. Right? Rav Nachman saying, I'm not here, I'm not saying this as a dayan, I'm not a judge, I'm, this is not a dintayre, it's just a relative that I'm giving good advice, what, what they can do about this money matter. But in the end, he said to himself, when he regretted this, he said, Adam Shani, because I'm such a prominent person, people may learn from me in an actual dintayre that a dayan can give advice to one of the balidinim, so therefore I shouldn't do such a thing that people shouldn't make a mistake. There's one more small piece of here, which is connected to this Gemara. Gufe, going back to this halacha that Shmuel said. Oma Shmuel, Shmuel said, You sell a document of a loan to your friend, then you forgive it, you could forgive it after the fact. Even an inheritor could be Michael, this loan that was sold already. However, added to this and said that the buyer has the way to protect himself. If the buyer is smart, he will give a few coins, he'll give some money to the person that owed to the loyve, that owes the money. And now he wants to have the rights to collect the money from him without the malve, the seller, forgiving this loan. So he gives him a little bit of money. And and, he, and with this payment, he says, write now a new document in my name. And we're gonna, we can tear the old document. Write now a new document, so now the loan will be between me and you, and the, and the seller, that the loan originally was on his name, won't have any ability anymore to be Michael Deschayv. That's what he should do if he wants to make sure that he's not going to be Michael Deschayv over here.